0: Hi, my name is Eric, and as long as I can remember, I've loved horror. Horror movies, horror novels, horror comics. My life's milestones can be measured by the genre. It's given me years of entertainment, as well as countless sleepless nights. It has kept me young at heart and filled my mind with wonderful memories that I cherish. This podcast is my way of sharing those moments with you. So, starting with my birth year of 1971, I'll be listing my top horror films of every year of my life, and discussing each one in detail with a little help from my friends. Join us as we journey from the cradle to the grave. Hello and welcome to Cradle to the Grave. I am your host, Eric, and this is one of those special little tiny intermission episodes. Um, they're basically episodes where I talk about a movie that didn't get picked by my ten guests, but that I think deserve to be talked about because they're pretty damn cool. The black exploitation genre came onto the scene in 1971, with the film called Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song. It was soon followed by countless others in all genres, action, drama, comedy, and yes, horror. In 1972, Blackula became a legitimate hit with audiences of all races. And of course, Hollywood wanted to capitalize on that with another black vampire movie. The result was 1973's and The only perversions that can be comfortably condemned are the perversions of others. I will persist and survive without God's or society's sanction. I will not be tortured. I will not be punished. I will not be guilty. Goodbye. He's a, He's a victim. Here is the synopsis for Ganja and Hess. Dwayne Jones stars as anthropologist Hess Green, who was stabbed with an ancient ceremonial dagger by his unstable assistant, played by director William Gunn, bestowing upon him the blessing of immortality and the curse of an unquenchable thirst for blood. When the assistant's beautiful and outspoken wife, Ganja, come searching for her missing husband, she and Hess form an unexpected partnership. Together, they explore just how much power blood holds. So, right from the start, this is probably the most surreal art house vampire film I've ever seen. I'm I'm even hesitant to call it a vampire film. I mean, it obviously is, but there is a lot more going on in this film. Than just uh, blood sucking, so so independent production company Kelly Jordan Enterprises approached William Gunn, who um, at the time was just a playwright and a stage director. Um, he hadn't made any films, and they wanted him to do a black vampire film. Um, they gave him a budget of three hundred fifty thousand dollars, and you know, go make Blackula Part Two. But you no, know, Gunn, being an artist, was like, I don't want to just make a Run-of-the-mill black vampire film. You know, I want to do something more important. So he accepted the project with the intention of uh, using vampirism as a metaphor for addiction. So he took that money, went off and made Ganja and Hess, came back, showed everybody the film, and they were like, "What the fuck? This isn't Blackula." And I think the film was released in one theater for like a week, and then it disappeared. Um, the production company, they re-edited the film, they slapped a new title on it called Blood Couple, and tried to re-release it under that, and that went nowhere, and after that the film was, like, shelved for decades. There was only rumors, uh, like, oh man, you know, have you ever seen that art film, that art vampire film, Ganja and Hess? It became stuff of legend. And, you know, like I said, this is not your typical vampire movie. There's no fangs. There are no common vampire weaknesses, such as garlic or sunlight kills it. The the only thing that the movie does have that most vampire films have is uh, the repulsion to the cross. You know, the, the sign of the cross will repel or kill the vampire. And And this movie has a very dreamlike quality to it. Like I said, very art house. This is not a black film. This is a, a art film. This is a, a study on addiction, on on love, on slavery, on Christianity. So many things other than just a vampire. It's not a scary film, but it is haunting and thought provoking throughout. It's also unsettling in parts, kind of like a David Lynch film. In fact, when I was watching this film, I I thought about David Lynch a lot. You know, the way William Gunn holds on to scenes for way too long until they start to transcend themselves. Um, Then there's like these mundane conversations that are not really have anything to do with with the plot, but they're still captivating. This film was lynching before lynching became a way to describe a film. It was also very cool to see Dwayne Jones uh, from Night of the Living Dead in this film. Um, he didn't really make a lot of films after this, I think he did a couple others, and that was it. Uh, but he, I love his portrayal of Dr. Hess Green. Uh, He doesn't really have a lot of dialogue, but he definitely commands the screen whenever he's on it. So it it was good to see Dwayne Jones. And the character of Ganja Mita was played by Marlene Clark, and she's awesome in this film. She really takes to the whole being a vampire thing. So Spike Lee uh, remade this film in 2014 as The Sweet Blood of Jesus, which I've never seen. But I'm going to watch it soon. Now when you watch this film, make sure you watch the uncut version. It's actually on YouTube, believe it or not. That's where I watched it. Uh, It's close to two hours long. Um, So yeah, head over to YouTube, watch this film if you haven't already seen it. It's a beautiful and haunting film.